All right, all right, here we go. Let's get serious. Judges chapter 3, verse 7, let's pray, and then we'll jump in. God, we come to you tonight, and I thank you for these words. And I pray that you help us to get something from them, dear Lord. I pray that these words will just be something that we soak in, that we think about, that we, uh, that we, that we use to apply to our own lives, dear Lord. And I pray that you be with me as I preach and teach and as we read through them tonight. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, where we are tonight, we are getting introduced to our first judge in the book of Judges, Othanel. Uh, now, we have been introduced to Othanel uh, earlier on in the book of Judges. In Judges chapter 1, starting in verse 11, uh, we read about uh, a repeat of something that happened in Joshua. Uh, and Caleb says, look, uh, there's this group that needs to be defeated, and whoever can go defeat them, I'll give them my daughter. They can marry my daughter. Uh, and so it was his nephew, Othanel, who was the one who went and defeated this group of people, and as a result, uh, he ended up marrying Caleb's daughter. So we've already been introduced to him, although we don't know much about him. Uh, we do know that he must at least have some courage and some ability. Uh, he was able to go in and fight a battle and overtake these enemies uh, that were against the Israelites, uh, and as a result, was rewarded with Caleb's daughter. So we know he's at least he's at least able an able fighter, uh, but we don't know much else about him when it comes to Othanel. Now, we are introduced to him again here in this passage, and this passage is pretty short, and we aren't given a whole lot of details about what's going on here. But uh, one thing that we will see as we begin to read through these other judges is that it appears, at least, that the judges, as we go on through the book, appear to get worse and worse. I mean, it's, it seems as though Othanel may be the one of the best of the bunch. Now, the Scripture doesn't really tell us much about his character one way or another. He could have, he could have been a good, upstanding guy, or he could have been uh, kind of, a, kind of a, a rough guy like some of the other judges we see. Now, Samson probably being the worst of the worst, and it appears as though Samuel, or whoever wrote the book of Judges, is kind of setting us up with this pattern. That is, these first few are not as bad, and as we go, they get worse and worse. So here we have Othanil, where we don't really see much about his character, and as we get through, they get progressively worse till we get to the point of Samson. Now, most of these judges are not well known. Now, you may know them if you've read through the book of Judges. You may be familiar with them, but for most people, Samson was pro is probably, no doubt, the most well-known judge. Maybe you've heard of Gideon and maybe even some of the others. Uh, and some of the judges we don't know much about, in particular, uh, Shamgar, who we're going to read about probably next week, Lord willing. We don't know hardly anything about Shamgar. But we do have a, a few details about some of them. And uh, the first one tonight is Othaniel in verse 7. The Israelites did what was evil in the Lord's sight. They forgot the Lord their God and worshipped the Baals and the Asherahs. Now, We've already seen this at the beginning of the book of Judges. We, we know the pattern. In the introduction, we were, we were told the pattern of how they were living, how they were turning from God, turning to false gods, not driving out and destroying the people who were in the land, and instead they were intermarrying with those people who were turning them to these other gods. And we are continuing on with that same theme here in this first verse. The Israelites had forgotten about God. They had got so consumed with their own way of life and the things that they were doing, they had got caught up with worshiping these other gods that they had forgotten about God, and they were doing what was evil in the Lord's sight. Now, there's a warning here, I think, for us too. 
Because I believe it's very easy for us to be distracted from the Lord too. Now, we may not be worshiping uh, idols made of wood or made of gold or made of silver or other stones, but there may be things in our life that will distract us to the point that we essentially forget about God. Not that we have amnesia and don't remember that God exists, but that is our thoughts are not on God. Our, we, we don't care about what God may be thinking about what we may be doing or what He may want us to do. Uh, we become so consumed with the world and chasing things of the world that we essentially forget about God. He's not in our thoughts. We don't seek God. We don't, we don't seek His Word. We don't seek His guidance. We are just living for ourselves. And I believe that that's probably what was going on with the people of Israel here. They had forgotten about God, and they were doing what was evil in God's sight, it says. And they began to worship these Baals and these Asherahs. That's these false gods and their false idols and, and all of these things that were there in the land of Canaan when they got there for all the people who had possessed the land previously. Now, if they had done what the Lord said and drove those people out and, and tore down all those altars and Asherah poles and all those other things, this would not be a problem, but we know that they've already failed at that, and so God is turning them over to their enemies. We saw that uh, in the last few weeks, that God was going to do that because they broke covenant with Him. Let's read a little further in verse 8. The Lord's anger burned against Israel, and He sold them to Cushan Rishathim, king of Aram, Naharam. And the Israelites served, eight, served Him eight years. Years. Now, when it says that he sold them, uh, what it means is he turned them over to their enemies. Now, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. This is pretty common throughout the Old Testament, that when God's people are disobedient, oftentimes he uses those other evil nations and other people around to inflict the, the punishment and judgment on his people. Not that he's saying that he's siding with evil or he's somehow saying that these evil nations were good. No, they were punished too. They didn't go away scot-free. But, but yet and still, he still used them. Now, he didn't make them evil. That evilness was already in their heart. But he allowed them to overtake his people sometimes to get their attention. Now, those people would have never overtaken the Israelites had they had been obedient to the Lord and began to seek the Lord and to trust in Him. He had already told them that He was going to give them the land, and He would have. But the problem is that they abandoned Him. They forgot about Him. They had, they had turned from Him, and the Lord was angry uh, with them. And so uh, we see here that He sold them to Kashan Rishathim, king of Aram Naharam. Now, in your Bible, it may say king of Mesopotamia, and that's the same, same region. Aram and Mesopotamia kind of butt right up against each other, and so uh, both of those translations are correct. They're both kind of talking about the same area, and that's where these people would have come from. Now, we don't know exactly how much of the, of the land here was, was under control of this king that had come down. Maybe it was just the top portion of, of Israel's land, since that's where it talks about them coming from, as Mesopotamia in that area. Or perhaps they had an influence on in the whole land. The, script, the scriptures don't really give us much detail here. But whether it was the whole land of Israel or whether it was a small group, whatever it was, that particular group, no matter how big or how small, uh, they had abandoned the Lord, and as a result of that, they were under the control of their enemy for eight years. So this was a pretty long time that they, were, that they were in bondage, that they were enslaved, may be a good way to put it. Maybe not in the same way that they were in Egypt, 
uh, but they weren't free. They weren't free. They weren't serving the Lord. They were under this king who had come in and taken over. Now, you would think that, that, that the Israelites would kind of be on guard for this type of thing, especially knowing their history. They probably would have known the history about uh, their ancestors coming out of Egypt and, and being enslaved all those years and all the miracles that God has done, but yet they're still not willing to trust in the Lord. No matter all they may have heard or all they had seen themselves, uh, they were turning from the Lord here. And as a result, they suffered hard times, not just for a little while, but for a long time. For eight years, it says that they were under their enemies. And this kind of starts this cycle that we're going to see repeated through the book of Judges. Now, what we've already seen is that they did what was evil in the Lord's sight. So they do what's evil, and then God punishes them. Uh, that's what we see here. He uses somebody else in the land, the ones that they should have destroyed and, and drove out, and they didn't. God uses those to destroy them. So they do what's evil, God punishes them, and then we see this next part of this cycle that takes place in the book of Judges. In verse 9, the Israelites cried out to the Lord, so the Lord raised up Othaniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's youngest brother, as a deliverer to save the Israelites. So they did what was right. That is, they recognized that they needed the Lord's help. So they cried out to the Lord. Now, you may be saying, well, that was pretty foolish of them for, for eight years. For them, It took them to finally decide they needed to call out to the Lord. But perhaps there have been times in your life where maybe you should have called out to the Lord a little quicker than you did. I know that there are times in my life that, I, that I'll be going through something and I'll think, wait a minute, why, why am I not trusting on the Lord? Why, not, why am I not giving this to Him? Why am I not asking Him for help and deliverance in this situation? And after eight years of forgetting about the Lord, now the Israelites are crying out to the Lord. They realize they need him, His help, so God is going to raise up a judge to deliver them. So that's exactly what He does. After they cry out, He raises up a judge. And it's the same character that we read about in Judges chapter 1, Othaniel, who would be Caleb's nephew, the one who married uh, Caleb's wife. And it says uh, he brought him up as a deliverer to save the Israelites. And so here is another piece of the pattern. They cry out, he raises somebody up, and that person is going to deliver the Israelites from their enemy. In verse 10, The Spirit of the Lord came on him, and he judged Israel. Othaniel went out to battle, and the Lord handed over Cushan, Rashathaim, king of Aram, to him, so that Othaniel overpowered him. So, the judge that God appoints, he empowers him. The Holy Spirit uh, comes upon him. Now, when it says the Spirit of the Lord come upon him, I don't know exactly in what way that took place. It was probably uh, not exactly like what the Holy Spirit would be in the New Testament in Jesus' time. But in some way, shape, or form, however God performed this, the Spirit of God was, was upon Othaniel in this instance, and he was the one who was empowering him and enabling him and giving him the, the ability to overcome the enemies uh, that, were, that had taken over Israel. So by the power of God, by this judge that he had appointed, and by the Spirit of God being on this judge, he was able to deliver Israel from their enemies. And then it says in verse 11, Then the land was peaceful forty years, and Othaniel, son of Kenaz, died. So there's the final piece of this cycle that we kind of see sprinkled throughout the book of Judges. The judge comes, 
The judge delivers the people. Uh, everything is good for a while, in this case for 40 years, and then the judge dies, and guess what? The cycle repeats. And if you read ahead, and, or you've already read through Judges, and, and some of you, maybe most of you have, you've seen that cycle. Now, not all, of these, not all of these elements take place in every single judge. Some of them do some of these, and some of them uh, don't do some of these things. But for the most part, this kind of describes the cycle that we're going to see. There's a, what appears, at least, in Othaniel to be a pretty good judge, at least if he's bad, the Scripture doesn't tell us, and in comparison with what it does tell us about the rest of them, it may be safe to assume that Othaniel was maybe the best of the bunch, although we don't know for sure. Uh, but, but what we see is we see this pattern of, of the rest of the judges. It is pointed out to us that their flaws, and we kind of see uh, their character issues as we go through, maybe by some of their actions and the things that they do. But through all of this, through all of these cycles, God uh, is faithful to his people to try to get them back to him, but they continue to fall and to fall and to fall and to fall to the point that he always knows that they need a deliverer, that they need someone who is going to come in. And it's not really so different in your life and in my life. Now, hopefully we can learn from these things that we see of the Israelites in the book of Judges. But our story is not so different. That is, we, we sin against the Lord. We do what is evil in the Lord's sight. And then we find ourselves in bad situations. We find that our, we find that our sins uh, lead us into things that we shouldn't be involved in, things that bring us pains, things that hurt us physically and mentally uh, and spiritually, things that are not healthy for us. And if we are, if we are, if we are wise enough and we, and we see God's Word and we hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and we know that He can save us, we cry out to Him and say, God, I'm, I've done what's evil in Your sight. I've turned from You, God. I've, I've forgotten You. I've never worshipped You. I've never acknowledged You. Instead, I've lived in sin and I've gotten myself in a mess for, for weeks, for months, for years, for my whole life, dear Lord God. But I'm crying out to You. And when we do cry out to the Lord, He is faithful. Just as He was with His people in the book of Judges, He is faithful to send the Deliverer to us, that is, Jesus Christ. And He sends the Deliverer to us, and we are delivered. We are saved from our enemies. We have a Deliverer who overpowers our enemies, who is stronger than our enemies, as we talked about in Mark uh, uh, over the last couple of weeks. And that's what Jesus does for us. Just as God continued to bring judges and deliverers for the people of Israel here, He has brought a deliverer for us. But not a new deliverer every few years as there was in Judges, because once Jesus Christ came, He is the one and only deliverer. He is the end-all, be-all. He is the deliverer for all time. And that is who we want to trust. That is who we want to seek. That is who we want to follow. That's the example that we want to live by. And once we have called out to Him, and once we seek Him, and once we are living in peace in our life, we want to stay there, or we should want to stay there. There is nothing better, nothing better, than being in the peace of the Lord. When we are really trusting in the Lord, and our faith is strong in Him, and we are content with Him, and we are walking closely to Him, there is a certain peace and a certain joy that nothing else in this world compares to. And some of you, if not all of you, have probably experienced that. And that's where we should want to stay. And should the Israelites have stayed there, the book of Judges would have ended right here in verse 11. 
If they would have stayed there in peace with the Lord, if they had remembered Him and worshipped Him and continued to call out to Him and do what He said and been obedient to Him, then the book of Judges could have stopped right here in verse 11. But it didn't because they didn't stop in God's peace. Instead, they began to turn back to their wicked ways. Now those temptations are there for us too. And just as the Israelites had these temptations and, and eventually their, their love maybe grew cold and they were beginning to turn away from the Lord, that same temptation may be there for us. When we allow a little sin to come in and it, and it leavens the whole lump, when a little sin goes a long way and kind of spreads in our life, it affects our relationship with God. It affects our peace. It affects our joy. It affects how we treat others. So we don't want to fall into that same trap of the Israelites where we uh, give in to a little bit of sin and, and, and begin to turn away from the Lord. But we want to be those who call out to the Lord in our distress. And when our Deliverer has saved us in Jesus Christ, and He has if we've put our faith and trust in Him, let us rest in that peace that He offers and not be those who continue in that cycle of sin, but be those who rest in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight and I thank you for these words and I pray that we would learn from them. God, I thank you for sending us a deliverer to save us, God, and I pray that you would help us to be faithful to live for you. God, I pray that you would just help us to recognize what goes on in the Israelites' lives, dear Lord, in this book of Judges. But God, more so, help us to recognize what goes on in our own lives. Let some of these things speak to our heart, dear Lord. Let the Holy Spirit uh, maybe, maybe bring out some parallels and some things from what the Israelites are doing, things in our life, dear Lord, if they're there, that we might see those things and that we might see the error of our ways, God, that we don't uh, fall into this pattern of sin and punishment and hard times, dear Lord, but we can, we can rest in you and in your blessings, God. And I pray that you would help each one of us tonight to do that. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.